finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. Today on the Callahan Show, well, we got a lot to get to. Busy weekend. Uh, Joe Biden was there at Dover Air Force Base when the remains of our deceased service men and women came back. He was a little little anxious because uh, he's checking his watch. I think Jill, Dr. Jill promised him ice cream when the ceremony was over. Uh, tough weekend for, for Joe. He uh, refused to take a question, any question about Afghanistan. He fell asleep on the uh, Israeli prime minister and he gave the uh, Taliban $85 billion in advanced U.S. weaponry. We will break down the new arsenal that the Taliban has at their disposal. Also, uh, Scott Zolak, patriot analyst, uh, was in the crosshairs of the angry, woke mob. I think he's going to survive, but we will tell you about that. Tell you how ridiculous that is. Alex Barrison canceled by uh, Jack Dorsey and Twitter. And General Flynn, uh, the bank, won't let him use his credit cards anymore. C- cancel culture is out of control. People, in case you didn't already know that, we'll get into all that and more. Today's Callahan Show brought to you by DCU. Whether you're buying your first home, your dream home, looking to refinance the home you love. DCU may have the mortgage program to fit your needs and more importantly, your budget. Their mortgage experts will walk you through the application process and help remove the hurdles that can make it so difficult and confusing. They will bring you right up to the front steps of home ownership. Learn more about rates and programs or to apply today at dcu.org slash mortgage. DCU is an equal housing lender, NMLS number 466914, insured by NCUA membership required. All right, Carano, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. All right, Carano, I have to admit something on this Monday morning. I know it's stuff. I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but I'm getting a little annoyed at our 46th president. I'm getting a little annoyed at sleepy Joe Biden. I know that's hard to believe, but... It's starting to piss me off. It is starting to piss me off. This guy, this guy uh, surrendered to the Taliban. We went over that for the last two weeks. The guy handed the Taliban $85 billion in advanced U.S. weaponry and 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 machine guns and pistols. I will uh, get to that for sure. We're going to get to that accounting because, it's, because it is the single worst thing, specific thing, a U.S. president has ever done. Obviously, he got 13 Heroic U.S. service people, service men and women, Marines, a Navy corpsman, an Army guy, killed outside the airport. Left them vulnerable. They got killed by a uh, a uh, jihadist. No surprise there. Five of them, five of the thirteen, were twenty. There's this little tribute going around the country at bars where they set up thirteen beers in kind of a formation with a little uh, note saying "In memory of uh, of our fallen servicemen." It's 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 pretty cool. I like it, but it's amazing that five of the dead could not sit there and have a beer. They weren't old enough. They never had a beer legally, because uh, Joe Biden put them in harm's way for no good reason and got them killed. Then he went to the uh, to Dover Airport, Dover Air Force Base for the uh, dignified transfer. 
And but I think he had other plans because he was checking his watch during the ceremony, which is amazing that you that. And I realize he's not all there. He's got his issues cognitively. But looking at your watch when you know not only is there a camera on you, but you're sitting there with the grieving mothers and fathers of these 20 year olds that you got killed. But I'm going to tell you what's really set me off today is. He goes to FEMA to do some photo op about the weather, about the, the storm in, in New Orleans, and that's no laughing matter. But then he says, I'll take some questions. And he's upset that someone asks about Afghanistan and not about the weather. That, that, you are, you know, you're the commander in chief. You have, you're the leader of the free world. These 13 people are, are dead because of a decision, a really boneheaded decision you made. They, uh, they uh, Afghanistan essentially, or at least the airport area is in chaos now. American citizens holding American passports can't get to the airport or can't get to a plane because the Taliban has taken over the airport. And soon we're going to see them flying Black Hawk, Black Hawk helicopters and using American machine guns, probably on their own people. And the guy who made all this happen thinks he's above answering a question about the latest news out of Afghanistan. The, the reporter, I don't even know who it was, it was a woman, did her job. If she ever asked about the, the rainfall, you know, in Baton Rouge, she should have been laughed out of the industry. Their, her job was to ask the most important, the most pressing question, which was uh, about Afghanistan, sir. And he says, I'm not talking about Afghanistan because he can't, because he can't. He doesn't have the guts. He doesn't have the brain power anymore to uh, address the only topic that really matters right now, right here, today, uh, tomorrow, I'm sorry, it's the deadline. Tomorrow's the deadline. Right. But apparently, you know, the Taliban didn't want to wait. They took over the airport and stopped people from leaving a day early. So they didn't want to wait. So much for the extension that he was supposed to negotiate. But it just drives me nuts when he doesn't feel like he has a responsibility to address this. You work for us, you buffoon. I mean, you're forget that you're making, you know, 400,000. That's nothing compared to the money he skims off of Hunter's deals. Uh, forget that. But there are grieving parents, and we'll hear from one of them, at least one of them. There are grieving, there's, and, and this, uh, the, the kid, McCollum, who died, his mother uh, called into a, a radio show, we're going to play it, and pointed out that he's 20, He's uh, has a baby coming in three weeks, and he's dead because of a decision our president made and our president doesn't feel obligated to that mother, to that widow, to that, to that baby to just address what's going on. Well, I mean, I know there's no good answers because it was such a foolish decision to withdraw, to surrender, to, to uh, get the military out, to close the air force, uh, the air base, to close the embassy before you get the citizens out. It was insane. It was stupid. It is certainly impeachable. And if he didn't have you know, control, it didn't have all the sheep in Congress, uh, if everyone uh, just looked at this on its merits, he'd be impeached today. But you can't talk about it for a minute. You can't give, you don't have the, the dignity to address this situation, which is a mess of your making. I mean, just hell, lie about it. Just say, yeah, we're doing great. Everything's wonderful. You know, say, oh yeah, we, we, we killed a couple of bomb makers, which nobody believes. Won't, we don't not going to give you names or any details, but we took them out. We took out some of their guys. Uh, and, uh, yesterday, you took out six kids too. But you know, we don't want to get bogged down in the details. 
But I don't know why. It just pisses me off so much. This bothers me more than him looking at his watch at the at the at, at Dover or if falling asleep in a meeting with the Israeli Prime Minister, which is amazing. I mean, and I love the 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 spin and the defense he gets from you know uh, uh, people who just uh, don't care. He has a D next to his name. He's not Trump, so they're going to defend him. They can't. All they do is say Trump, Trump, Trump. What about Trump? And you say, well, what's it got to do with Trump? The guy fell asleep in a meeting with a world leader, <laughs> and they say, oh, you spliced the tape. That's not really what happened. Uh, yes, it is. The the commander in chief nodded off in a meeting during the day with the with the uh, Israeli the new Israeli prime minister. But this bugs me more than anything when he can't. Oh, I'm not answering any questions. You can't answer a question. You just saw them transfer the remains of 11 of 13 uh, service members, heroes who died carrying out your foolish mission. And you can't take a minute to answer it. Maybe, you know, maybe the families, the, the mothers, the, the widows were all sitting in front of their TV, hoping to hear from you, hoping that you would reassure them that, that their loved one didn't die in vain. But no, if you don't ask about the rain, in New Orleans, uh, he's not going to answer you. But can we play just? Yeah, this do you want to? So I've got, the, I've got the video here that that shows it. But there's sound. I mean, you, you well, everybody will hear it on the podcast too. You ready for it? Sure. Let's okay, see. Here it is. Thank you, Commissioner. I I really think it all works. I'm not I'm not supposed to take any questions, but go ahead. Mr. President, on Afghanistan. I'm not going to answer Afghanistan now. Can you sit there still in a? Okay. Oh, you godless friggin' coward! You coward! God, this this I, you shouldn't have shown me that. Oh, no. great. Now, now to, you're worked up? I'm trying. Yes, now I'm worked up. Now I'm worked he's up. He's not worked up before. First of all, he's a bumbling, stumbling fool anyway. That, that, I mean, he's, did you hear him? Just, uh, uh, I'm not supposed to take any questions. Can someone? That's the second time now. That's the second that's time. Not, no, that's like the 50th time. But you're right. The second time in the last few days. Right. Can someone inform him that he's the president? I know that's, you know, asking a lot. But you're not supposed to take any questions. Yes, you are. I, I, I'm paying your salary. Uh, uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. I don't know. What <laughs> I mean, that that's part of the job. Not supposed to take any questions. Yes, you're supposed to take lots of questions. And again, I know everyone, you know, the Biden supporters just look at it as Biden versus Trump. Okay, we'll do that for a second here. Biden versus Trump. What would Trump do in that situation, guys? Trump would stand there until the last question was asked. He would answer questions about the, the hurricane. He'd answer questions about Afghanistan, about the budget, whatever. And most of them would be about Afghanistan. Of course, Trump would not have done what Biden did. And can we just be done with that saying Biden's the one, I mean, Trump's the one that negotiated the deal you know, with the Taliban. Yes, he, 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 he did. And he had that stupid idea of hosting them at Camp David. It never happened. But A, he didn't arm them with $85 billion uh, with 358000 uh, assault rifles with uh, uh, 64,000 machine guns. We have the whole tally here. By the way, that was in the New York Times. That's a bad sign yeah, for Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. When, when the New York Times lays it out and you and they have uh, 109 helicopters, 109 helicopters. That's a gift from Joe Biden. That's a, a disgrace. Trump didn't do that. Trump didn't say, let's give up Bagram Air Base. Trump didn't say, Let's get the military out, and then we'll worry about those uh, uh, women and children. Okay, I, we just have to be done with this Trump did it. Trump did it. No, Joe Biden did it. He owns it, and he doesn't have the balls to talk about it for one minute among to a uh, friendly press. I mean, they're there to help you, the media, but he doesn't care. 
He's beyond you know, senile. He's arrogant and he's, and he's snippy and he's, and he's, uh, uh, he, he's, he's uh, derelict of duty. I mean, this is a dereliction of duty to saying, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to talk about it, even though, you know, he, he can, he's allowed to. It doesn't matter that they told him, Joe, you really shouldn't take any questions. Joe, let's, uh, let's get you to bed. Let's get you to bed early. It's, it's incredible. He's got this, you know, these visiting angels hanging around waiting to, 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 to put him to bed uh, before he does any more damage. It, it, it's, I don't know why that bothers me more than anything else. Cause they, it all bothers me. I got a whole list of things since last we talked that this buffoon in the white house has done that have, that, that would be impeachable. Uh, if he were a Republican. But, but it, it looks like he's trying to get approval from his media friends. Like when he yeah. when he says that, when he was talking to Ducey the other day, hey, you know, I know you're, yeah, you know, you're a great guy. You're the most interesting man. Really friendly with him. That's, and the same thing with the with the media here. Hey, I'm, I know I'm not supposed to take take questions from you guys, but it seems like he wants to because he, he wants them to tell him he's okay. It's almost like the same psychosis, psychosis of wanting to end the Taliban conflict or the conflict in Afghanistan on September 11th. It's just he, he wants this adulation or something. Yeah, that's what, Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're a um, loved one of the 13 uh, you know, fallen heroes, you know why your loved one is dead because he wanted a photo op by September 11th. He, he, he didn't care, uh, you know, about strategy. He didn't care that the giving up the airbase and the, and the embassy uh, wouldn't help matters when you're trying to withdraw. Didn't matter. Just get this done. Get me a photo up. I'm the one that uh, finally ended the war that everybody said they were going to end. Yeah, you are. You are. And you couldn't have done it more disastrously. You couldn't have screwed this up worse. And it's not just a bad look. Uh, America turning tail and running and losing a war to a bunch of sixth century savages. No, that's not it. You're getting people killed. You're getting people killed. You have getting Afghani children, Afghan children killed and American service members. And it'll be a miracle if we don't lose more in the next two days or in the next two weeks. I mean, it, 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 we all, we all now know it has been completely mismanaged. We all now know that these people don't know what they're doing. That, that, that I mean, general Milley is on video Talk explaining why Bagram Air Base is not necessary. Nah, strategically, we don't need it. <laughs> right. It's some of the most, it's the most incredible sound. Well, and how are you going to get by out? By the way, it was a question from a congressperson of Lloyd Austin, and he steps in and says, I'll handle that. He's so friggin' arrogant. It says, I'll handle that. No, there's really no, we really have no use for Bagram Air Base. No, we're going to focus on the airport. Yeah, that's such a good idea. Focus on the airport so you can be within range of an, of an RPG or a suicide bomber in the middle of a city of 4 million people instead of a Bagram Air Base 30 miles away where you could, we have two runways and a lot more land uh, to, to, to make your escape. But we wouldn't want to keep that. And by the way, they, they gave them Bagram Air Base and the first thing the Taliban did was let all the prisoners go. The prisoners, many of whom are uh, jihadists, ISIS guys who are determined to kill Americans. That was brilliant strategy. It couldn't have been botched uh, any worse, and yet our president doesn't feel like he owes anyone an explanation. He's so friggin' arrogant. No, I'm not taking questions on Afghanistan. You're a coward. You're a coward who's afraid that you know to, to, you'll say the wrong thing. And you know the people who said who, who won't told you not to take questions. Those people, the ones in the in the shadows, they won't be happy with you, Joe. If you take a question, you don't give the right answer. You've been instructed to call on certain reporters, and I guess this one. He didn't, he wasn't instructed on who to call on. So the woman asked about Afghanistan and then he didn't like that. But. She, she, you were exactly right. She asked exactly what she was supposed to ask. That's exactly what you're supposed to ask. And he, 
He's so dumb now. His brain is so addled now. He doesn't know that that's what they're going to ask him. They're not going to ask him <laughs> about the weather. Come See, on. I tell you, you know, I, I tweeted this. I've said it a million times. That's a year. That's a the result of a lifetime of, of being coddled, of being protected, of having the media in your back pocket. He doesn't think it through thinking this is really serious stuff. Now I'm going to have to talk about yeah. it. He's going to, he thinks when he looks out at the media, even at Ducey, by the way, he sees people that have been his supporters his whole life. So he's thinking they're reporters. Of course they're on my side. That's their job is to help me. It'd be, it'd be like going on with, you know, Colbert or Kimmel. Of course they're a bunch of stooges. And he gets confused and he thinks, uh-oh, I just called on Peter Ducey. Uh, yeah, he's, he's not going to kiss my ass. What am I going to do now? That's when he did this move. You know, bowed his head on the microphone and all the, uh, the sycophants said, oh, what, what compassion, what empathy. <clears throat> no, that was, that was frustration for a guy who couldn't control every question and answer because one guy, one person in that room is an actual reporter. And you're right. I don't even know who the woman was. I guarantee you she's not a, you know, a hard right you know, right winger looking to trip him up. She's just doing her job. Uh, sir, question about Afghanistan. Nah, I'm not talking about that. All you did was get, oh, a whole bunch of kids killed yesterday with your decision. And uh, uh, a couple days ago, a bunch of heroic 20-year-olds had their whole lives. These are like the most impressive young people. When you see their stories, see their pictures, hear their stories, and you say, this, these people, these kids had, had it all going on. They were tough. You know, they, they were uh, patriotic. You know, they're 20 years old because of this buffoon in the White House. They're dead and their parents are now receiving their remains. I can't imagine the front. I, I, I can't imagine how that they don't all feel like this woman, uh, McCall, uh, McCollum's. Uh, what, what's, her, what's her name? The, the uh, it's Kathy McCollum. Kathy McCollum is the mother of what's her son's. Uh, His name is Riley McCollum. Riley McCollum's uh, son is a uh, Marine who was blown up. Because of uh, Biden's foolish uh, surrender, he's dead. She's frustrated. She doesn't. Um, I mean, it's still so raw when you hear her talk. Uh, it's it's just so. Riley McCollum was twenty. Riley R Y L E E. Yeah, McCollum. Her mother, his mother, Kathy, called into Andrew Wilkow's uh, show on uh, satellite radio. And I think Wilkow was a little stunned because he, he I mean, he makes a good point. You got, you're not sure that's her. He couldn't confirm it, but since it has been confirmed, I think she was on for, I don't know, eight, 10 minutes, but it's so raw and so real. And this is probably, I'm going to guess how many of the parents, many of the, uh, the, the, the husband, wives, husbands, you know, parents, brothers, sisters of the deceased I know lots of them are, are, you know, they're not talking. Obviously, they're grieving. There was one father of one, uh, uh, the, the kid, uh, Kareem. Kareem Nikau, Nikau, also 20. His father was on with Tucker, I think, uh, Friday, Thursday or Friday. Similar, not, qu not quite as uh, passionate or emotional, but similar. Just, in you know, talking about what an impressive kid he was and, uh, you know, how patriotic he was and always wanted to do the right thing, help other people. Did you see the picture of the woman, Nicole Gee, holding the baby? Like her last days on earth, she was helping yeah. the refugees uh, at the wall at the airport. And she took a baby and she looked so, she, I mean, she looked so comfortable with the baby in her arms. She's 20, she was 23. She got blown up. She got uh, uh, murdered by the, uh, by the jihadists who, uh, the, the one jihadist who blew himself up 
at the airport. Um, and every, one, one after another, it just all seems so impressive. They seem so wasteful, all dead, because Joe Biden wanted to get this, you know, get this whole thing done quick so he could take a bow on September 11th. How's that going to go, by the way? That's uh, 12 days away, 13 days away. Is he going to be uh, taking a bow and bragging about how he ended the war? It only cost, you know, a few Marines, fewer young Marines their lives. But, you know, when you get a chance for a good photo op, a good ceremony, you got to go for it. Uh, I mean, he couldn't have botched this more. I mean, he's not going to get the photo op, of course. Uh, and he's and he, you know, destroyed lives. And, and he, he got the photo op. He's looking at his watch at Dover <laughs> Air Force Base. That's the photo op, at least today. Good news for the Taliban is they have twice as many Humvees as I have people in my town of Durham, New Hampshire. <laughs> they have 22,000 Humvees. I can't even, this, this. I can't even like see that number in my head. Like it is so, that is, that is an astronomical amount. And it's only part of the vehicles. They've got yes, 40, uh, 2,000 pickups and right. SUVs. We'll do this. We'll do this, and then we'll do uh, uh, right, Riley right. McCollum's mother, because it's amazing. I, I tweeted, I, I read I read this, looked at it, and tried to get my mind around it. You've seen pictures. There's a video of them looking, uh, assessing all their all the goodies that Biden left them, and the guns alone, the guns alone are just, they're, they literally left um, for 50, uh, like 600,000 guns. Yeah. You know, 600,000 guns. Yeah. By the way, 358,000 assault rifles. That's the term the uh, New York Times uses. This is a president who's determined to take away everybody's assault right. rifle right. in this country while giving 358,000 assault rifles to the enemy. And it's just, I mean, you could say you left, the, and I've heard, again, the apologists, the Biden stooges say you couldn't leave the Afghan army with nothing. Well, yes, you could have, first of all, because you knew they were going to surrender in days. Everybody knew that. Maybe Biden did it. That didn't, that's just, he's out to lunch. But Millie knew it. Austin knew it. They knew that the um, Afghan army wasn't going to hold up. But even so, the, the, uh, if, if you're not aggravated enough, we mentioned the night vision goggles. Uh, we used to say, again, in war, especially against some primitive uh, goat herders, we own the night. Uh, and we own the air, yeah. right? Because they don't have night vision goggles and they don't have planes or helicopters. Well, that's changed. They didn't. The 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 ragtag band of Islamic terrorists who just defeated us with whatever they had left over, AK-47s from, you know, the Soviets in uh, the 1980s. Those guys who just beat us with nothing now have a fully equipped military. And so just like you said, just to try to get your mind around the sight, the scene. 22,000 Humvees. Uh, by the way, I think they got a bunch of cash too, so they could find mechanics. They could find people, engineers, to maintain some of this stuff. Maybe not all of it, uh, but um, uh, uh, what else? We got, these are, um, what do you call the the bomb resistant, you know, uh, uh, Humvees. Uh, hum yeah. 155, right. what are those things called that are, or the Mac Pro, the um, the mine proof mine, vehicles. Mine proof vehicles, 155 mine. If you Six left, throw. if you left them like three Humvees, and one mine proof vehicle and two tanks, it'd be a disgrace. 169 armored personnel carriers. 169, 42,000 pickup trucks. Now I understand, Biden's a Democrat, Miley's, Millie's a Democrat. They don't care about taxpayers. They laugh when people talk about, you know, expense or money or budgets. They just spend, spend, spend. This adds up to $265 per person 
women, children, babies, old people in this country, 330 million people, $265 each to subsidize the Taliban military. So if you're ever, you know, you look at your check or your stub or whatever this week and see what the, how much they took out in taxes, just so you know, some of it went to subsidize the Taliban military. 64, how the hell did 42,000 pickup trucks? Why do we even have that many there? In the I, don't, I want. Do we have that many in the state of New Hampshire where I live? I, I have no idea. That, that's, that's such an astronomical 42, number. 42,000 trucks. I know some won't run, some will break down, but most of them will be fine. They're probably Toyota Tundras. That's a good truck. 64,000 machine guns. Machine. These people, they can handle those machine guns. They're used, they like machine guns. They will know how to put the bullets in and they'll know how to shoot them. And they'll be all set for machine guns for generations. Again, they just defeated the greatest military power in the world without any of this stuff. And now they have, what is that, 8,000 trucks, big trucks, 8,000 trucks that like, carry people. Uh, 162,000 radios, 16,000 night vision goggles, 126,000 pistols. Pistols? They only have 75,000 people in the Taliban. So they all get like five assault rifles. They almost all, they almost all get their own truck. There's almost enough trucks there to give every Taliban guy his own truck. Oh, between trucks, Humvees, yeah, they and, all get and pickups and SUVs, of course. Yeah, they all new vehicles. 176 artillery pieces, like, you know. Uh, cannons. Uh, I don't cannons know. Cannons or bazookas. Uh, it is incredible that we could have, we didn't blow this stuff up. We didn't take it to another country. We didn't fill a C-17 with this stuff. We left it. Or our enemy to have a good old time. Do you think they'll give us war reparations for this stuff? <laughs> Maybe a, pay us back. They should. You know, they sh we should become allies now since we've <laughs> armed them. I mean, the idea that you if you armed them and they were your allies, if you used all this and you gave it to the Northern Alliance twenty years ago, or gave it to this band of rebels in the mountains, the vice president, whatever his name, he's got a group and they're holding out. Right. If you gave it to them, that'd be that'd be questionable. It'd be like you really want to give all that stuff to a group of uh, you know Islamic fanatics that you don't really know, you'd be like, yeah, that's kind of nuts. You just gave it to an enemy. You gave it to the, the people who who killed Americans for the last 20 years or tried to kill Americans. You gave it to the people who protected Osama bin Laden. That's who you gave it to. You gave it to the people who stone women to death for adultery, don't let girls, girls go to school, you know, who cut off the hands of petty thieves. That's who now has... Um, all this technology. And by the way, this isn't the worst of it. The worst is, of it is they have this, this technology where they can track down the people who helped us. An iris scan. They have a machine. I can get the name of it, but a machine that look, it scans your eyeball. So they can confirm without question who you are. And they got, because they have our embassy and they have our air base, they got all the, the, the computers and they can find out exactly who helped us and if they haven't got out of the country yet they can go knock on their door and kill them there it is you're looking at the picture of scanning eyeballs that to confirm without question who helped us and who didn't so it's a device known as the hide h-i-i-d-e i don't yes. know if i'm pronouncing that right but the handheld interagency identity detection yes. equipment they have that yeah. they have that and they are using that and they are finding and probably killing anybody who helped us can you imagine, can you come up with anything we could have done worse in this? Anything, we gave up our air base, we gave up our embassy, 
We gave up all our trucks and guns and all our technology. So not only are they blowing up young Marines, but they're tracking down the people who helped us, the collaborators, and killing them. And now that we're gone, essentially, they, they, these people have nowhere to turn, no one to protect them. They're just dead. They're dead. They're, they, I mean, they can hide. Maybe they can go into the mountains. But eventually, they'll be caught. They'll deny they helped us. They'll break out this little device, put it in their eyeball. Boom. Guilty. Boom. If they're lucky, they get a bullet between the eyes. If they're not, they get tortured. And, and if they're, you know, female, or I guess they rape even if they're male, especially if they're young males. They love those. They love young boys. But uh, that's the worst thing I have decided a president has ever done. Armed our enemy to the teeth. So I was looking at Iran-Contra just to give myself some perspective. And I was pretty young when that was going on. Those are, you know, early to mid-80s. Yes. The total amount of arms was like $1.5 billion over the course of six years. That's that's to our ally. That's to our ally. And, and now this is our enemy. We're like, this, uh, it's 70 times. I mean, it's just, I've. you're right. I don't think there's been any, this, there's never been anything worse. We've never done anything like this. Our government I wish you disagreed because, you know. I'll, I, I'd, I'd love to, <laughs> but, but what, is, what is there to say? And what, you look at this, and I, I'm, I'm correct, right? This was in the New York, they made the rounds on Twitter. I'd retweeted it, but this was in the New York Times, right? This graphic? I think so, yeah. It's, it's, it's. This is devastating, and I'll tell you why. Is because not everybody, I don't want to brag, but not everyone reads as much as I do, or you do. Not everyone, they're busy, you know? I do this, it's my life, reading stuff and watching stuff, you know? There are people who are busy. They're, they own a, a tire store or something, or they, you know, they pave, pave driveways, and they got things to do, work, kids, and they don't have time to read some in-depth story about the utter, utter... In, in incompetence of the administration this they can understand not only does it get does it have numbers it's got little pictures so you could see over here pistols 126,295 pistols that we handed as a housewarming gift to the taliban oh look uh we got uh night vision goggles 16,035 with a picture of a night and you go holy crap these people just beat us and they couldn't see anything at night and now they can you know what's gonna? This is bad news for all their other all their other enemies. The, it, that's exactly. It, it totally. I mean, I, so I said this before and got some flack about saying this destabilizes the region. It was already destabilized. Yes, but this is worse now. Now you've created another heavily empowered faction who can sure. start to knock on their neighbors' doors and do some damage. Oh, they can. And you're right. If it's if they have, and I know this leader they have who's been in hiding is coming out. I was trying hiding. to find his name. Uh, uh, it's he. he he must just be laughing his ass off saying, wait a sec, not only did we get rid of every friggin' American, but we now have a $700,000 embassy, you know, with like Evian showers, just, and, and we have a air base, two runways, and a prison, and a gym, that's all ours, right? <laughs> and ice cream, we got everything. He must, they must just be laughing. And what did they do to get that? Nothing. They didn't, all they had to do was get Joe Biden elected. That's it. Just had to wait. Just, just be, be a right. little patient. And and I'm not saying that Trump didn't want to get out. He did. Everyone wanted to get out. But he would have done it much, much better than this. I could say that for sure. I have no doubt. In fact, who's the dumbest, you know, like politician you've ever heard of? Like like uh, Ed Markey? If he were president, he would have done a better job. I mean, you could have a president with, you know, like with brain damage. Oh, I guess we do. Uh, <laughs> and, and it could be the dumbest person in Congress. Uh 
they wouldn't have botched it this badly. You could find a way to botch it this badly. And this, and, and this uh, black and white where you don't, again, the people who are defending Biden have no leg to stand on. All they do is talk about uh, Trump. Trump wanted the Taliban to come to Camp David. Yes, he did. That was stupid. He never did it, but he wanted them to. If you think Trump would have handed this kind of arsenal to the enemy, you're uh, sadly mistaken. Never, ever would have happened. We're going to find out there were all kinds of people advising Biden not to do this, and he didn't care. He wanted a photo op. So now we have uh, 11 dead Marines, a Navy corpsman, and, a, and an Army guy dead. Kids, 20-year-olds dead. So, so I, don't even, I don't even like the argument, and this, you, I, get, I get why you're saying it, but I don't even like the argument of who would have done what or not. I, I think that most reasonable people, I believe you, I think most reasonable true. people would not have done it. But that's like not even the argument anymore because Biden's in office. I know. We know <laughs> it was him. So when people are trying to blame shift to someone else who's not even there, it's, it's a terrible argument. Truly, because it's like, okay, Trump this, Trump that. Trump's not president. He's, Trump didn't do this. The president- It's on his watch. Biden's watch. He's supposed to, and I, I realized this, the coward in the White House takes no blame for anything. As he said the other day when Ducey asked him to take responsibility, he said, oh, yes, I take responsibility for everything. But you like know Trump. what the last guy did. Right. You know it. I right. well, what? Did the last guy give all these tanks to the enemy? No, he didn't. Did the last guy leave our Marines at the airport sitting ducks? These, these, to these su- for these suicide bombers? No, he didn't. That was on you. You're president. That's all that matters right now. And you're a disgrace. And the best insurance you have is your running mate. Uh, your, your vice president is the worst politician in American history. Nobody likes her. Nobody wants her. So they're willing to ride it out with a, uh, a dementia. What's, what'd she call him? A dementia-ridden piece of crap? <laughs> right. So you know that the first picture we saw, I think it was maybe the first night when people were, eva- when, they, when pilots were starting to evacuate um, folks from from Kabul. It was a C-130 with like 600 people stuff. C-17. Right? C- was it a C-17? Yeah. Uh, wasn't a C-17? Well, how many, how many of those did we give them? We, okay, so I was going to make that compar- <laughs> bad comparison for me. No, we gave them four C-130s. We gave them 23, uh, what is it, the Amber EMB Super Tacano airplanes. You know what an AC-130 is? Is that an AC-10? I don't know what the AC-10 That's like a attack... Uh, oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know is yeah. like the greatest against these you know guerrilla fighters. You go in with that, uh, and and just I think, or is that what's the what's the AC one thirty gunship? Is that the because obviously the A is for, for attack. Oh, you got a picture on? Yeah, that looks scary. An AC one thirty. Oh yeah. yeah, it's a heavily armored. Still a very big. They have those now. <laughs> <laughs> they also have sixty six. He- no, they've got they have a hundred helicopters. Have they crashed any yet? Because I, I figure they're going to be like, they don't know how to fly them. They'll be flying into trees or power. If they had be blooper reels. We'll start to see that, that on Twitter. Yeah, too. I mean, they, they, they're, some Afghan flyers took planes and helicopters to neighboring countries like Uzbekistan, I believe. And Uzbekistan wants to kick them out. They don't want them there. They don't <laughs> like them. But if they go back to Afghanistan, they'll cut their heads off because they fought against them. They killed some Taliban people. So the, uh, I believe we're trying to find a place for them now, a friendly country. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I'm pretty sure most of them will end up in this country. Um, but we have veterans now who are trying harder than the, you know, in, than the military to get their, get our allies out. People who helped us. They're literally these veterans. I don't know. They got a nickname of their group and they're trying to get their pe- people out and they're disgusted. They say the state department and the military are doing nothing to help them. It, those are the kind of stories, by the way, we're going to be reading for years. And some, there's, 
going to be days where you read a story about how, how, how we left people to die and they died. And it's going to be disgusting. It truly is. This is just, this is going to get worse and worse as we reveal, as we learn more and more, uh, particularly about how we left these 13 and maybe more, maybe more to die. The other issue I'm having is I'm seeing that there are reports of 300 Americans left in country, but I really think that they just mean in, in Kabul. I think there are a lot more people around the country who are just still hiding in. Yes, in and, and, and I don't think three hundred is the right number, but that's the one they're. It's, they're and using. it's over. It's over for them. They can't. There's nothing we can do now. They're, they've taken over the airport. They're, right. There's. Uh, I heard of, this morning a woman, an American citizen. I think dual citizenship, Afghan American, uh, who was crying on a phone call, and they had it. I don't know who she called. I think it might have been this group of veterans, saying, "You know, I can't get to the airport. They won't let me through. I have a passport." And uh, I don't know what to do. And I don't think anyone knows what to do. We're, obviously, we're leaving people behind. You know, you always hear the military uh, say, we don't leave no man behind. Well, we left men behind and women and children. And they are screwed. Uh, unless, you know, we offer to give uh, the Taliban, I don't know, the owner's manuals to all this stuff. I, I don't know. Some spare parts, some Sp- weapon, uh, some ammo. To, this this story doesn't mention ammo. Oh, so 100, I mean- 109 helicopters. 109 to a military that had none. They had no helicopters. Now they have 109. Oh God, there is nothing close. Iran Contra, Watergate, you know, Obama's IRS scandal, Obama wiretapping uh, uh, reporters. There's no scandal even close to this, in my opinion, especially when we find out what they do with all the weaponry. They're going to be Killing people real soon, whoever it is. Their enemies, they're, you know, in, in the country, out of the country, overseas, Americans, they're going to be killing people with our weapons. You think I'm frustrated. You think I'm disgusted. Uh, I think we should hear from Kathy McCollum, mother of uh, Riley McCollum, dead Marine, uh, who called into uh, Andrew Wilkow's show. And uh, this is real, and this is raw. And I imagine this is how I would feel. I imagine this is how... Most of the mothers and fathers feel because again, I know it doesn't matter that whether your kid is a is a great kid or a loser scumbag like Hunter Biden. You love your child, right? You love your yeah. child, even yep. if they're a even if they're a screwed up crackhead who who does who, who likes to videotape himself smoking crack with hookers and young girls. You know, Joe Biden still loves him. He calls him the smartest person he knows. But these are these are these people are better. These kids were better than Hunter Biden. They were better than me. They were better than you, probably. They were just people who did the right thing. They joined for the right reasons, for the most part. They seem like such great kids and you know, with the whole world ahead of them, just out there literally saving the world from, from bad people. That's that why they joined. That's what they did. And their commander-in-chief left them out in the open for the jihadist to blow up. And uh, this is one, Riley McCallum's mother, Kathy calling in and uh, voicing her disgust with the uh, commander-in-chief. My son was one of the Marines that died yesterday. 20 years and six months old, getting ready to come home from freaking Jordan to be with his wife to watch the birth of his son. And that feckless, dementia-ridden piece of crap just sent my son to die. I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning to Marines at my door telling me my son was dead. So to have her on right before me and listen to that piece of crap talk about diplomatic crap 
freaking Taliban terrorist who just freaking blew up my son and know nothing to not say anything about, oh my God, I'm so sorry for the families. So my son is gone. And I just want all you Democrats who cheated in the election or who voted for him legitimately, you just killed my son. That's like part one of what, four or five parts. And it's all very, a uh, lot, lot of anger, a lot of frustration. And you can't blame her one bit. Imagine that you got a 20-year-old kid. He's expecting a baby in a couple of weeks. He's just a great kid. And you not only lose him, but you don't know why. I mean, you really genuinely don't know why. If your son died, you know, taking Iwo Jima, or your son died storming the beach of Normandy, uh, you say, he died, you know, saving the world. Uh, he literally he died fighting evil. Why did Riley McCallum have to die? No, it makes no sense. I mean, he, at that point, he's on retreat. Like, we're, we're retreating out of the country. So to see him die, it's, it's you're right, there's no, there's no purpose behind it, it, it anymore. Just, and you see the pictures, uh, if you saw them before the attack, and it's just a bunch of Marines hanging around wide open, totally vulnerable, totally in, in harm's way because of Joe Biden's decisions. Uh, I'm going to guess that Kathy McCollum's not the last uh, agri uh, angry parent uh, who we will hear from. But uh, if you haven't heard it all, there's, there's a few more parts, much the same. She goes off on Biden, goes off on people who put Biden there, and as I've done every day. The voters, the media, big tech, all the people in the in the Democrat Party who decided that this was going to be the guy. I know why, because people liked him and they didn't feel threatened by him. And you could kind of advance a radical agenda. You know, he was the Trojan horse. He was just the old good old Joe. So they picked him, essentially. And uh, in, in Trump obviously had his issues, but you had big tech in your back pocket. You could suppress the news, the Hunter Biden laptop. Uh, you had the media in your back pocket, so you could, you know, Joe, Joe could hide in his basement for six months and you, they could do campaign for him. It's on all of them. They put him in, in office. He made this decision. You know, lots of people are dead now, including 20-year-old Riley McCollum. And I think uh, his mom speaks for a lot of people. And you could just feel that the anger, the pain in her voice. Um, but, and similar, uh, I think a lot of parents and I know the media are reaching out to them. And I think most of them are saying, uh, you know, we're grieving, we're busy. We're not uh, going to do any interviews right now. And maybe they'll be that way for a while, but eventually, um, eventually they'll all have a chance to speak. How do you say the Lawrence woman, uh, the Lawrence Marine, it's Johanny Rosario. Richards, do I have that right? I'm jo not looking at it. Johanny, she was 25. She was from Lawrence. She was a woman. She was uh, Hispanic, or like they say now, Latinx. Uh, she was a Marine. She was killed by uh, this suicide bomber. The Boston Globe did not mention her on the front page. Uh, they had a little teaser, like at the bottom, but they had story after story about, you know, COVID and a, a big spike in cases among children, which is all, you know, generally a lie. And they had, I don't know, some story about, I don't know, some lesbian lumberjack in Vermont or something. Typical uh, stories you get from the Globe, but not a word on the front page about Johanny Rosario, a female Hispanic from Lawrence. And they didn't think she 
uh, was worthy of the front page. The New York Times, Washington Post, every other newspaper had something about these deceased uh, Marines uh, or about Afghanistan above the fold. New York Times had all their pictures, all 13's faces, pictures, smiling faces on the front page, but not the Boston Globe. They had more important things to do. Of course, we'll get to our next story by how about this transition. Of course, they didn't see, didn't see, uh, feel compelled to write about uh, Scott Zolak either. Not no, a word. They're, they're not writing about any of the <laughs> top the stories the Globe, in the country. Globus is so corrupt. I mean, they just have no, uh, no ethical standards at all. There's nothing, there's nothing about it that makes it a newspaper, a news organization. It's just a, it's a left-wing, uh, you know, propaganda uh, arm for John Henry and Linda Pizzuti and the rest of the wokesters. They are the media wing of the woke mob. They, you know, they attack their enemies. They protect their friends. They, I assume this is an attempt to protect Biden by burying the story that, uh, of him getting 13 servicemen killed. So they say, you know, let's keep it. Let's keep it on page three. Don't put it on page one. We don't want to make a big deal out of it. Joe's had a tough week. They protected uh, Biden, I guess, but it's just ridiculous. I mean, not that, not that anyone reads it, but it's worth laughing at. And uh, we'll get to uh, Scott Zolak and the latest contrived cancel culture story, the latest uh, victim, or I should say target of the woke mob, our friend Scott Zolak uh, and the Boston Globe, uh, not touching the story. But first, you want me to do Shay? Yeah, let's do that. We will do Shay, and then we will talk, talk about Scott Zolak, who stepped in it a little bit, and uh, but I think he's going to survive, which is good. But first, Shea Concrete. Did you know that Shea Concrete is the largest manufacturer of recon retaining wall systems in North America? Well, you do now. In fact, in 2020, Shea set a new company record when they man- manufactured 178,000 square feet of retaining wall. This is a testament to Shea's legendary teamwork from engineering to manufacturing to dispatch and delivery. As the guys at Shea like to say, teamwork makes the teamwork. They do. I've I've been around them when they say that. Shea Concrete's high-performing precast concrete retaining walls stand up to New England's active climate and come in a wide variety of shapes, designs, and textures to meet your retaining wall needs. So whether you need a residential, a commercial, or an industrial application, Shea has a dedicated team that will assist you with conceptual design, site walks, and installation. Let Shea show you the way. Call Shea Concrete at 800-696-SHEA. That's 800-696-SHEA. Or just log on to SheaConcrete.com. I, I, I first saw this story on TMZ, you know, the TMZ's uh, Twitter feed, and I laughed, and I thought it was funny, and I, I retweeted it, and then someone said, what are you doing? You know, you don't retweet that. And I'm, what do you mean? Zolak's in trouble. I go, no, really? He's in trouble? I, sometimes I don't recognize these things. It would be like reading Alex Berenson's last tweet. I think it was a problem. And thinking, I mean, I read his tweet. I read all Alex Berenson's tweets. We'll get to that. Didn't think it's a problem. He gets banned for life by Jack Dorsey because you're not allowed to share information if it goes against, you know, the system or it goes against the the efforts of the uh, the deep state. You, you can't do that. So Alex Berenson, who was perhaps the most informative guy on COVID on Twitter, maybe the most informative guy on COVID, period, has now been deplatformed because he dared to question the efficacy of uh, of vaccines. But let's get to Zolak first. I guess... I should have known, I should recognize this of all people, I should know when the mob is going to get stirred up. But Scott Zolak was at practice, Patriots practice, on the field 
watching the quarterbacks, which is all anyone cares about, the Mac Jones versus Cam Newton competition. And he made a comment. We'll play it. But, you know, Mac, uh, Cam Newton's very animated on the field. And when he's practicing, he's dancing, he's talking, he's you know, giving people nicknames. And he's, you know, generally appears to be having a good time. And the music's playing in, at practice. And he's dancing. And apparently he's not looking so great, throwing the ball so great. Because he's, you know, let's face it, he's not great. Well, he had a, he had a terrible year last he year. Was he was terrible. Had more interceptions yeah. than, uh, yeah, he had eight, eight touchdowns. I think he eight had more touchdowns, interceptions, yes, right? Yeah, I think it was 11, 10 or 11 picks. I and, get I, to them. and I got to say, I, I saw Cam Newton play one of the best games against the Patriots I'd ever seen. Uh, maybe it was during the, maybe it might have been 2015 when uh, when he was uh, the MVP of the league. Like, he looked so great. He was 15 and, to, and one. And to <laughs> see that Cam Newton versus what he was last year, it's like a night and day. I know he's had some arm shoulder issues. Right. He just, he didn't look good last year. And there's an... There's definitely a competition. He's, 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 he's not going to be the quarterback. I mean, he, he's probably going to start uh, week one, maybe week two, but that job is Mac Jones's. He's better. He throws the ball better. He makes better decisions. Cam Newton stinks right now. Last year, uh, you're right, eight touchdowns, 10 picks. Yeah. He was the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. He was seven and eight, the first losing season. I believe the Patriots are seven and nine in 20 years. Yeah. Um, he just wasn't the same player anymore. Didn't make great decisions, turned the ball over, just just didn't move the ball down the field, didn't throw accurately. He was very inaccurate. He was getting, you know, throwing the ball at receivers' feet over their heads. It was obvious. I was surprised they even brought him back, but I guess they didn't pay him a lot of money and he understood the deal. He might lose the job. He might end up as a backup. But you can't, if it's close, and I guess it is in preseason, if you pick the rookie, then Cam Newton's useless. He doesn't, you know, you don't even want him on the team at that point. If he starts and he does okay and he gives Mac Jones some more time to learn and and uh, and, and evolve and, mature and yeah, mature. Playbook that's great. And all that stuff. That's great. So he'll probably start for a game or two and then Mac Jones will take over. But anyway, that's irrelevant. He, uh, Zolak points out that he appears distracted because he's dancing and singing to the music and he dares to mention what kind of music, rap music. And again, uh, this blows up because everything is about race to liberals. Everything is about race to the woke mob and the usual suspects, dead spin, starts writing about it. My friend, Alex Reamer, and we'll get to Reamer. Reamer doesn't want to join us, by the way. I just- uh, Oh, did he answer back? Yes, he just got- I said, Come on, Alex. Come on. Uh, I'll tell you, I got to- Stop protecting your $30,000 a year job for, you know, your corporate he, newspaper and he, come on the show. He's, he's, a, he's with the dark side now. He's writing for Intercom. And well, he wrote, he's, he's, a, he's a wuss, just like his column was- was, yeah. a, was a wuss, and, and wuss everyone knows I, I like Reamer and I, I liked him when he was on this show and on my old show. He was always up for the battle. He's good. He was crazy. He's liberal. always up for the battle. Yeah. He won't come on uh, your not, program. Not now, <laughs> but, but that's because he works for Intercom oh. and they won't allow. He knows. Yeah. He knows that if, as soon as he comes on, he, he gets go called. be a waiter and make more money and then do what he wants content wise yeah. and just be a human instead he's, of this. Uh, he's a good writer, though. He's a good writer. Not this, no, not, not this case. Well, I know he's your buddy. I'm sorry. No, that he's I'm a good writer, but this is a stupid column. It's I mean, terrible column. it's not poorly written. It's just typical, and it's you know the the theme of it is we just can't get out. We just can't get out I of mean, our own who's way. Who's we? And here's uh, uh, let's play Zolak. Right, let's play right. Zolak, and and you got you, me fired up. Hey, you, everyone out there, try to. Listen to this and tell me whether you heard, thought right away the Zolak's in trouble, because I didn't. You need to see to believe that Bill will change his mind, is what I'm asking you. I'd turn off the rap music, first of all, because I think it's distracting for Cam here. Because in between every throw, he's dancing. 
I did see like, I did see Karen Garigian of the Herald tweeting about that as he took the field. He's doing it in between drills. You're saying, yeah, he, he, yeah, he makes a throw and then the music's still cranking. I know you could hear uh, faintly in the background here. I think it's distracting for you. No, it's when they play Bon Jovi. That's it. Right. Uh, that's basically it. That's it. That's it. And there were people literally calling for Zolak's job, saying, "Will he be on uh, the the air?" last night because he does the TV of the preseason. And yes, he was. He had to issue the perfunctory apology. Obviously, he didn't mean it. He just was told you have to do it, so he did it. That's so weak, too. It's weak, but, I mean, nah, I he's got it. a great job. He does the games. He does, he's got his middays. He gets great ratings, even though, even if his show's not great, he gets great ratings. He's a big celebrity in that crowd. They love him. If they told him you apologize or you're done, you blame him? I do blame him, yeah. Okay, so you, you would give up your career. Fuck yeah. I would say, listen, uh, I did not mean that. That's not what I meant at all. You're taking me at the worst possible interpretation of what I said. You guys should go go okay. do something else. Uh, uh, there's, there's no question he didn't uh, should not have apologized. No he way. doesn't have to apologize. But this is, the, this is the world we live in. He's got a great job, and they say, just issue a phony apology, a hollow apology, oh. and we'll move on. Hey, I give uh, the radio station credit. They didn't fire him. If he said that same thing on EEI, he'd be gone. He'd be gone or yeah. he'd be suspended. They would absolutely throw him to the wolves. I mean, we know what kind of cowards make those decisions. And they would absolutely say, you know, you know we are we don't condone this kind of stuff. You know Zolak, this, Zolak did nothing wrong. You know this, nothing. You know this way better than me. I'm assuming you've worked with him in the past. I, I know nothing. I, I know him. I like him. Yeah, I haven't he, worked. Uh, from my, I, I've seen like he's got good reputation. He's a good he's guy. A great he's a really guy. nice guy, right? Yeah, he's just a big, loud, crazy, fun guy. Yeah. With not like he doesn't have a lot of malice in his heart. Has he ever no, done anything like this before? No, but this isn't anything. That's my point. That, See, you're falling in the trap. He no didn't trap. do anything. I hate this when when you, and then people said, "You think Zolak's a racist?" That, that that question is is uh, I just doesn't mean you belong. have to look you, that question's inappropriate. He didn't do anything. So don't start shining a light on him and saying, "Oh, do you think he meant it?" Meant what? Point. Here's meant my point. what? Here's my point. People like Alex are looking at people in this lens where they think that their worst intentions are what they mean. And I and I hate that mentality. That's how that's how the left is a lot of time. That's how cancel culture is right now. They look at the person who says something and they take them at their absolute worst possible intentions. Where you have to, if if they just took one, Alex must have maybe he's worked with Zolak. He must know Zolak's yeah. reputation. He should say, oh, maybe I should take this middle of the road. Who and, cares and, and, about his reputation? Just it, no. When it, we're talking about the merits of the the comment. The comment. Is I don't care if he's. Reputation. I don't care if he's in the clan. He goes at the clan meetings at night. The comments. He's analyzing the play of a quarterback, which is the number one thing a football analyst does. That's his job. Yeah. And he's observing it on the field, and he says, Cam Newton appears distracted by the music. He's dancing between throws, and Mac Jones is focused. And, of course, Alex points out, oh, the black quarterback goofs off. The white quarterback doesn't. Why do we have to say it? You know why he says that? Because that's what he sees. That's what he observes. Is he supposed to say in his own mind, I can't criticize him because he's black. I can't mention it's rap music, but it is. I mean, it's rap music. He's dancing and he appears distracted. Yeah. Here's what drives me nuts is people say, and I heard of people over the, all kinds of people over the weekend saying this. It's like, um, uh, who cares if he listens to music? Tom Brady used to dance to music at practice. Tom Brady's the, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, the greatest quarterback ever. Tom Brady has seven Super Bowl rings. It doesn't, Tom Brady, as I pointed out on Twitter, could run naked through the parking lot before the game to get ready. Yes. And you'd say, 
that works. That works. We're talking about a lousy quarterback who's going to start for you. He was terrible last year. We're waiting to see if he'll be terrible this year. And you have a football analyst watching practice and telling you he doesn't appear focused. And why is there any pair for focus? Because he's dancing instead of focusing on the next play. That's the job of an analyst. He did his job. He's not supposed to say, I can't say that because he's black. If he were white and it were country music, I could say it. But he's black and it's rap music, so I can't or it'll upset Deadspin and Alex Reamer and, and you know, callers to talk radio. That's what I hate to say. Why did he have to say that? You know, why, why, why did he have to go there? It's his job. If you read into it, if you infer racism, that's on you. That's on you because there's nothing racist about this. And, you know, would, would I have said the same thing? Probably not. I, I mean, I wouldn't have thought, you know, this guy's distracted. He, he's just, that's just his style. Uh, maybe I would have said, I don't want to say that because I know it'll get, you know, dead spin riled up. And if I work at uh, EEI, they'll probably fire me for it because they're so gutless in these situations and so scared of the mob and the globe. They, you know, in the defense of EEI, they have to worry about the globe. The yeah, globe, they do. If you're at 98.5 Zolak station, you don't have to worry about the globe. The globe is in your back pocket. So you don't have to worry about them riling up a mob. So there is a different dynamic, and I understand that. But like Remus says, you know, uh, uh, Zolak's ridiculous musings about uh, Newton hit every stereotype that black quarterbacks face. They're not serious. They're not smart. They're unfocused. All right, my question to Reamer, who will not join us, will not join us, and according to uh, Matt Carano, that's because he's, uh, uh, what do you call him? I can call him a pussy on Pussy, this. yeah, okay. Yeah. Right, he, he's, he's really not. He, he has a job. He doesn't want to lose his job. <laughs> hey, you think that people just can go out and get another job? If you're Alex Reamer. He could wait tables and make more money, and then he could be his it. own this man. This is his career. He's a writer. Anyway, uh, I'm going to I'm defend him that far, but not defend this. All right. Hey, question for you, Reamer. I, you know, you used to be able, you have the guts to sit here and answer them for me, but now you're protecting your phony baloney job, according to Matt Carano. Anyway, go. so he's watching practice. He thinks a Newton's distracted. He thinks the music and the dancing is part of it. Is he supposed to say, I can't say that because someone took a dump in Bill Russell's house 60 <laughs> years ago. Uh, I can't say that because, you know, the Boston Red Sox had a, had a racist uh, general manager, and 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 they they invited all the white players to the Elks at the Winter Haven, but not the black players. I can't say that because you know there's a road named after Tom Yockey in in Boston, and you know we don't want to deal with that again. He talks about bringing up. He mentions Adam Jones, who we pretty sure uh, lied. You well, know? at least we have never heard any proof yeah. that uh, that, that contradicts that. He actually mentions Tory Hunter. Tory Hunter. It was the most ridiculous story of all time. He, he said that he was at Fenway and a group of kids chanted the N-word and a group of parents cheered them, applauded them. Obviously, it's 100% made up. Jesse Smollett's story has more credibility than this. But people like Alex, and not just Alex, you know, all kinds of them, I'm sure if the Globe ever gets around to this, they'll start mentioning Tory Hunter and Adam Jones and yeah. make, people who make stuff up. He's mentioning Kyrie here too. It's the racist water thing again. Kyrie, so a super fan, Celtic super fan with a, I believe it was Kevin Garnett jersey, who spends all his money just to go to games and cheer on his team, his team of a bunch of black players. He's racist because he threw a water bottle at Kyrie Irving, who's the biggest dick in the league, everyone admits. He hates Kyrie Irving, and that's supposed to be about race just because Irving says it was? Why do people fall in to that trap? Why do they allow that? It's an easy thing for him to write. It's easy because you'll get Twitter, Twitter applause from it. 
Well, that's why I think he's a coward for writing this. This is that he just wanted to use this to to you know to talk about Boston being a racist city again. He wanted hey, to do that. Uh, it's you know Zolak is from Western Pennsylvania. Zolak played in the NFL, played for the Patriots. He sees something, he comments on it. He's supposed to think about oh the long history of you know busing in South Boston, and and for that reason not supposed to criticize Cam Newton. It's just so bizarre that people fall in line with this ridiculous dead spin narrative. Although, you know, it's Boston. We can't do that. We can't uh, uh, criticize the black guy, even though he sucked last year. He was terrible last year. And But we're supposed to protect him? You know, he wears funny hats and gives people funny nicknames, and he's a good teammate, and he's a good guy. He's a lousy quarterback. Zolak's job is to point that out. And one of the things he observed was he doesn't appear particularly focused this, by the way, was coming off a, a, a COVID uh, suspension, sidelined because of COVID restrictions. And right. he went, got the wrong kind of test, and he's unvaccinated because, and we know that he has to wear a mask. Maybe that, maybe the media will turn on him for that, not for dancing. Can you do that? Can you criticize a guy for being unvaccinated? Well, that's the thing. You know what? There are a lot more black people who are unvaccinated than white. But Zolak, I think that's racist. All Zolak was doing is making a comparison. If he didn't do that, there's a there's a quarterback competition, and if Zolak isn't making a comparison between the two quarterbacks, then he's not doing anything. Like, what is he going to talk about? There's nothing to talk see, about. I mean, and and so he's supposed to see that, see a distracted quarterback, see a guy who's you know, not getting the job done. He's not making good throws. He looks unfocused. He says, you know, you should probably stop dancing and start focusing on football. And that's racist? Honest to God. So it's if insanity. He, if, he just, if it was like, if he said it was John Bon Jovi or, or whatever, country music, and he didn't mention the word rap, would that be okay? Uh, I think I think he would say yes, which is ridiculous. Oh, God. And, and again, it's just these people go, why did he have to go there? But I'm sorry. A, in, it's in, his job. In, uh, do, in, we, you know, do we really have to go there again? No, you don't have to go there again. You could say yes. Either you could say, yes, he is distracted, or no, he's not. You want to criticize Zoe? Fine. Say Newton is not distracted. Newton just helps him when he dances and sings. You know, that's the way some guys do it. That's how they get ready to play. You don't say, oh, he's black. You can't say that. It's absurd. I'm glad the Wolves didn't get their, you know, their, their pound of flesh. Zolak gave the phony apology and survived and was on the game last night. I assume he'll be back on the job today. And, uh, and going forward, because he did nothing wrong. But Again, you're, you're all right with the apology, though. I didn't even hear it, did you? I heard it, but I, I couldn't grab it because I heard it this morning on the way so in. I'm but, just uh, telling you the reality of the situation. They say you have to apologize and you can go back to work. If you don't, we're going to have to suspend you. That's what happens. I mean, at some point, we're going to have to start pushing back against this. Or well, I, I think that's what we just did for the last 20 minutes. We yeah, pushed back. I mean, I mean, someone who was in the crosshairs. He needs to stand up and say, like, we can't defend him. There he are, has to there defend are, himself. Well, like, you know, we, there are a few people push. Kid Rock, remember Kid Rock was on tape calling people the F slur, and he said, you know, you want an apology? Good luck. You're never getting it. And there are others. But generally, they're in position to do that. You know, I love that. People like, I was on with Adam Carolla, and he's talking about how, you know, we have to stand up to cancel culture. I told the story of why I got canceled. Oh, we have to stand up to cancel culture. It's easy for Adam Carolla to say. He's, he's never been in real hot water. He's never, his boss has never pressured him to, you know, change or to apologize. It's easy for some people to say it because they've never been in that situation. You know, Zolak or Reamer, they got a job to protect. <sighs> Getting all worked up today. I'm worked up too. Thanks, by the way. All right. I mean, now a young man with a 60-year-old heart. Uh, really? I don't Good. know. <laughs> well, that 
that, you know, there was so much to get pissed off about. We don't have time to get into everything. That hopefully has blown over. I don't think too many people read Deadspin anymore. Again, you know, the Globe is uh, protecting, as they always do. They're picking sides. They're it was on. it Flynn that normally would write about this stuff, and uh, and he didn't? Uh, uh, Chad Finn. Chad, yeah, right. you know, of course, yeah. Chad yeah. Finn. I mean, again, if this were uh, Christian Fourier, uh, former patriot on EEI, said the exact same thing, the Globe would have it on page one, yeah. above the fold. They wouldn't have the death of a local uh, hero, Marine, but they'd have this. And they would write about it every day, and they would literally call EEI's advertisers, I don't, I don't, they don't have many of those left, but they would call their last remaining advertisers and harass them until they suspended or fired the culprit, whoever, you know, it's Christian Foray or whoever, Lou Maloney, they, they would, they would absolutely stay on it until they were fired. But again, they, they're to protect their friends at, uh, at uh, 98.5 and Zolak happens to be one of them. And I understand Zolak's a great guy and I'm glad he survived. Um, Alex Berenson, let's, let's do this quick. Oh, Alex, sure. Alex yeah. Berenson, did not survive on Twitter, which is amazing. Yeah, get the uh, final tweet, because it's amazing. And I, you know what? Jack Dorsey doesn't even pretend anymore. Doesn't even, he's not subtle. He just flat out picks sides, says, you know, I'm super pro-vaxxer, which they are. Everybody, you know, all the people that used to be, you know, the the, the rebels, the outlaws are now, um Praetorian guard for the deep state, for the system. And so they're pro-vaxxer and there will be no questioning. There'll be no debate. There'll be no disagreeing. You're either super pro-vaxxer, you want to vaccinate your dog, or you will be taken banned from Twitter. Alex Berenson, if you don't know, how many followers did he have? Do you oh, have hundreds of thousands, 300,000? I can't remember. Very popular tweeter on vaccines, on COVID. You know, he's written these booklets. He's on Tucker. He's on a lot of shows. And he has this question. I mean, he has all the data. He's a data-driven guy. And he'll look at Israel, the most vaccinated country in the world, and they have a huge spike now of vaccinated people getting COVID. And he will question, you know, the effectiveness of vaccines. That's what he does. And they put a uh, label on it. Uh, well, the just tweet read, is misleading, yeah. Read the tweet, because it's amazing. So this is what Alex uh, pins to the top of his uh, his Twitter. Is it doesn't stop infection or transmission. Don't think of it as a vaccine. Think of it, at best, as a therapeutic with a limited window of efficacy and terrible side effect profile that must be dosed in advance of illness. And we want to mandate it in sanity. And so they put a label on it first. This tweet is misleading. I don't know uh, yeah, why. learn why health officials recommend a vaccine and, for most people. And that wasn't enough for Jack Dorsey. No. He banned him for life. This is so, to me, chilling. And I wish everyone felt the same way, even if you're a super pro-vaxxer, that you can't have discussion. You can't have, and, and by the way, the CD, head of the CDC, Rachel, Rochelle Lewinsky, uh, Walensky, said the same thing. Yeah. She said the same thing. It doesn't, uh, it's not, uh, it doesn't stop infection. Or transmission, you know, it it uh, um, can reduce the symptoms, reduces the effects, the symptoms right. of the disease, and it can have side effects. That's what he said, and he's banned for life. You can't disagree with the narrative that is uh, is out there by the big tech, mainstream media, the all you know, by the mob. These people all agree on it. If you dissent, you are taken down, just like you know Trump or. Just like, uh, you know, all the, you know, turtle boy. I mean, you're taken down by Twitter, by big tech. This guy has facts and data to back up everything he says. He's not some crazed, you know, lunatic. The Taliban is still on Twitter. 
but Alex Berenson is not. You know, Brandy Love still on Twitter. I'm okay with that, but you can, you know, watch hardcore porn on Twitter. Yeah. But you can't get another side to the vaccine debate. You can't do it. You know, it's, it's madness. And if you think that's crazy, our last cancel culture story of the weekend, General Flynn, we know General Flynn is an enemy of the deep state. He was set up by Joe Biden and the Obama team. It was Biden's idea to set uh, Flynn up uh, uh, to, to trap him. Um, with the uh, FBI interrogation to to bring him down. That was how they, uh, uh, he was like the first domino to fall in the phony Russian narrative. Anyway, the former, briefly, National Security Advisor for Trump, a decorated veteran, made a joke. What was the joke? About I think so, he was at some sort of rally. He was handed, I think it was an AR-15, and he made a joke that he was going to go start, you know, picking off politicians. Yeah, that's, that's not a good joke, but right. it's, it's pretty a, typical. Whatever. It's a joke. It's yeah. a joke. He's not going to pick up politicians. He's a general. A, a, right. A, Three-star a, general. Uh, anyway, that was, so you're thinking, oh, Twitter took him down? No, they did that a long time ago, I think. You know, Facebook? No, no, not Facebook. Oh, PayPal? No, no, no. Chase Bank. Canceled his credit card. Do I have that right? That's it. No, they canceled his bank accounts and canceled, credit card, calling canceled. him a reputational risk. So he can't have a bank account at Chase Bank. A decorated general who fought for this country, was in the military for 30-something years. He can't have a bank account because they don't like a joke he made. Or they just don't like him because, you know, he was a Trump guy. He's an enemy of the Biden regime. So he has to find a new bank. If you don't find this disturbing, and again, I'll, I'll go back to my man, Bill Maher. Bill Maher will, will talk about this or something about As like this. US- he'll go off on, on the liberal mindset these days. The liberals who, and if you missed Bill Maher last Friday, liberals who think, you know, America's a terrible place. And he went through, you know, all the countries where, you know, they throw gays off buildings and they don't allow girls to go to school. He went through, you know, people just, just whether it's Afghanistan or, or Sierra Leone or whatever, uh, went through all the, the ways people live in these other countries and said, what is wrong with you people? America's the best place in the world. This is Bill Maher, former hardcore lefty, still hates Trump, but this kind of stuff is what sets him off, and it set off everyone. Liberal, conservative, doesn't matter. You can't have a bank account? You're right. I'm sorry. It was credit card accounts. After credit- careful, consider- careful consideration, we decided to close your credit cards on this date because continuing the relationship creates possible reputational risk to our company. A guy who's not in jail, not a prisoner... Uh, I mean, right now, someone could find out, maybe they can't, but uh, someone will find out who else has credit cards with Chase and probably all kinds of, O.J. Simpson, does he have an account there? I mean, <laughs> does, I mean, there's got to be, um, Bill Cosby, right? you know, this, it, it, there's got to be all kinds of degenerate criminals and lowlifes who have bank accounts and credit cards. What's next? You know, what's next? Like, you can't, can't go in a, a, an Uber, you know, you can't have a bank account, you can't have a, a Venmo account, you can't have a whatever... And we've gone through this with Turtle Boy, but it is frightening the uh, what the uh, deep state will do to you if you step out of line. Berenson's off Twitter. General Flynn can't have a credit card. And Scott Solek survived, though, so we end on a good note. Good Scott, Scott Solek survived. He's a, he is a good guy. He did nothing wrong. Zero. He's like Mike Milbury, Jeremy, Jeremy Roenick, who both got canceled for doing nothing. Nothing. Uh, that's what, what, um, what Zolak did. But what we need is people like... To, like us to push back, to not fall in that trap and say, Oh, why did he do that? No, oh, just when we were, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't do anything. It has nothing to do with Bill Russell or Tory Hunter or busing or anything else. It has to do with a quarterback and a, and an, a, a football analyst watching him on the sideline and giving you his observations. It has nothing to do 
with race or racism or racial history of a, of a city. It's absurd. Just don't allow people to, to, to apply that narrative. And, uh, Reamer will not be joining us. He said, see, no, but Reamer should know better. He should know better. I talked to Reamer recently. You know what about? But oh, people <laughs> jumping all over him and calling him a racist. Cause he tweeted about Rachel Nichols, Rachel Nichols, you know, got replaced yes. by, uh, well, I guess she temporarily got replaced by Maria Taylor now by another, uh, attractive young black woman. And Rachel Nichols went, as we know, on you know, kind of kicking and screaming on a private conversation. We talked a lot about that. So he tweeted about it, defended Rachel Nichols. And he said that he'd got all these tweets calling him racist. They go get used to it. That's what they do. They, they're a mob. They, they're, they're, they're uni- uh, anonymous. They could just sit there at their phone or computer call you racist and intimidate you. That's the game. They want to shut you up, get you to fall in line. Even if you're a good gay liberal like Alex, they don't stand for any dissent. That's how it works. You need to flip the middle finger at them and tell them to go screw. This has nothing to well, do with racism. Alex joined them this weekend. He just joined that side of things. I know. Thanks, Alex. It's it's too bad. And again, I know he needs needs the job. He needs, needs the paycheck. Up. He needs the paycheck. He doesn't want to wait tables. Do you want to wait tables? I was just using that as an example. He could get any job, make more money than he is making right now, and write on his own Substack, he's, create his own. He, I think he had his own Substack. You know what? He's a gay. No lib- one's reading his he, columns anyway. He's I a mean, gay liberal who uh, is uh, young, and he's a really good writer. And the Globe won't touch him because you know he was. They associate him with us, with me and Kirk, and so they don't. I mean, the only gay liberal. Good, really good writer. The Globe has wants no part of. Right. You know, it's it's amazing. He's already, you know, got the scarlet letter. Uh, he doesn't want to lose this job. He's not. There's not that many opportunities out there. So, I understand. But you don't have to push this narrative. I mean, you don't have to fall in the trap and say, "Oh, why did he have to do that?" Simple. It's his job. All right. Enough. Enough. Enough of that. Zolak survived. I'm happy about that. Um, we'll see. How, although, you know, you never know. You never know. Maybe today he does steps in it again, and they. Off with maybe the globe finally realizes you know that's they look ridiculous by covering up for one station and 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 attacking the other and they write about it and things snowball and he ends up in trouble but I hope not I hope not but uh, we shall leave it there Carano uh, I, I had a lot more to get to but we don't have time we could do it tomorrow sure. anything else that's it anything else anything else thanks to everybody for listening and watching and commenting that's uh, keeping Carano busy he's not listening to me he's reading all oh, the comments I can do multi things all these things at once all these you can attack my friend Alex Reamer you can read the comments <laughs> I'm surprised I'm, uh, I feel like he's getting off easy but that, that's good uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off easy you just you rip nah. him a new one nah. yeah. well come on and talk well, about that well, uh, no he won't he says no he'll pass I'll read you the text oh yeah I'd love to hear it he says I'm gonna pass um, playing, it, <laughs> playing it safe thank you uh huh you yeah, know, exactly. Is, you are playing it safe. Alex. He is playing it safe. He yep, admits it. That he admits too. it. He admits it. But that's just liberal, you know, gobbledygook. That's all that is. And that's what you do when you're a good liberal. You fall into that trap. You know what? Just say it's not about race, period. Zolak was doing his job, period. Go screw. That's how you should leave it. And that's how we're going to leave it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show. And we will do it again tomorrow. <laughs>